Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Latte and Laundry here. Um, I'm really excited because I have um, some really awesome guests here today, one of which is a returning guest and one is new. But before we dive in and let you guys know who it is that we'll be speaking with today, I just wanted to open us up with our Bible verse, which is Luke eighteen sixteen, And it says, but Jesus called them to him, saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Okay, so if that's any hint, we will be talking about children, um, motherhood, fatherhood here today. And I'm really excited because we have been blessed to have Alicia on here back in the beginning days of Latte and Laundry. But today I get the two of them in the, the, the dynamic duo of Mike, Mike and Alicia Hernan. So welcome, guys. It is great to be with you. Thanks for inviting us. Yes, thanks for having us back on, or me back on, I guess, <laughs> and then allowing a man into the, the woman sanctum here. <laughs> um, so Mike, if you're not familiar, you probably are. Uh, Mike and Alicia Hernan are the founders of the Messy Family Project, which is a ministry that empowers moms and dads to embrace their sacred calling at home and gives them the tools to do so. They bring really inspirational and practical insights from their own experiences um, into family life to parents all over the world through their podcasts, downloadable resources from their website, and online workshops for parents. But most importantly, they are husband and wife, parents to ch- 10 children. And how many grandbabies do you have? Five with number six on the way. Wow. That's right. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> okay. And I personally am a longtime listener. I think I mentioned this to you last time, Alicia, when I had you on, but when podcasts were literally first introduced to me, it was you guys and Father Mike Schmitz. Um, <laughs> and you guys were like just... We're in good company. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because how old is your youngest now? Uh, she is 10. Uh, yeah, got to be yeah, 11 in so the I, summer. I started listening. I think, did you guys start it when she was two? That Something sounds about like right. That. Sure. <laughs> You're like, sure, whatever. But it's I'm pretty sure it was like... All the no, way I down to right. two or like something yeah, yeah. You, would, you would say. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. How did you find us? Can I just ask? No, like, yeah. What? So my sister, my my baby, one of my baby sisters, she's seven years younger than me. Um, she's a focused missionary. And she, by the time she had her first, I had had four. And she's like, you have to listen to this podcast um, that my oh. fellow missionary friends, people are talking about. It. And at the time, it was messy parenting, right? Right. Um, that's right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I mean, I was hooked. I was I, all my morning <laughs> runs. I'm like, when's the next episode coming out? So I have been journeying along with you guys for a really long time. Um, oh, wow. Because believe me, at the be- very, very beginning, when we started doing the podcast and we saw those numbers ticking up, we were like, who is listening You're to like, this? What like, is how this? is this happening? <laughs> but I think we should credit Focus Missionaries. You know, yeah, like they're. I get, I- Early adopters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And spreading the word, right? Like in the Catholic yes, world, things exactly. can fly really fast. And I think that, uh, was, that was definitely one of the ways. Um, <laughs> but you guys are such encouragers for mom hearts, dad hearts. And I know that's why for myself included, it was 
it was something that when I started listening to you guys, I was like, okay, yeah. And um, just mm. a lot of like practical things, but just like, um, yeah, just your encouragement of understanding the struggles and the yes. beauty and the joy and everything in between, which is why it was called Messy, um, mm-hmm. has just been life-giving for me personally. And I've always highly Praise recommended God. the podcast. And you guys are so much more than just the podcast now. I know your ministry has kind of grown over the years. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll have to put all that stuff in the show notes at the end. But one of the main reasons why I had reached out to um, Mike and Alicia to have them back on or Alicia back on and for Mike to join was um, they had recently come up with or came out with an episode. I don't know, it might have been near Christmas time. I can't recall now, but it was a little while back, but it was called, I think it was called Just a Kid in a Big Family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and that one, like, so I was like weepy. <laughs> Mm. Uh, it spoke so much to <laughs> my to my own heart. Um, I'm one of um, from a big family. And why don't you guys really quick for just any of my listeners who aren't familiar with you, with the two of mm-hmm. you, just kind of give a little of your own quick background so they know who it is that we're speaking with in terms of um, your own perspectives here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, I'll start. I'm one of 10 children. So I'm, my uh, maiden name is Doman. So I have several semi-famous, famous uh, siblings there. And I'm the second oldest. And then um, Mike and I both went to Franciscan University, uh, graduated from there. And then um, we've raised our family here in Steubenville, Ohio, um, this whole time and just really have worked to be really intentional within our family life. And in um, just from our own experiences growing up, but then also the family that we have been blessed to be in community with um, here in Steubenville mm. have really taught us so much. And then, of course, our own 10 children, um, five of whom are adults now and uh, three are married. And um, we have five kids still in the home, uh, three teenagers and then two kids in elementary school. And just God continues to teach us. I mean, I don't know what else to say. You know, it's like just really walking this road and recognizing that this path to holiness um, of marriage and family life is such a joy. Mm -hmm. And there's always more to learn. There is always more to learn. And so we really want to walk alongside parents um, and just kind of like encourage them, inspire them on the way. And then Mike is also from a semi big family. Yeah. I say semi big, you know, because I'm from it was the biggest family we knew growing up. Right? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it was, it, I, I grew up in a, uh, a wonderful, uh, messy, dysfunctional, uh, mm. family. Uh, my parents, uh, were divorced and, and there were some scars in some ways that, that mm. wounds, uh, through that experience. Uh, and it also set me on a path where I kept asking, uh, even as a teenager, um, and through my 20s is what does marriage really look like? Mm-hmm. What does family really look like? And I'm, you're on the opposite end of your family, too. Yep, so I was on the younger side. Youngest of mm-hmm. six. Mm-hmm. And um, but it, it, it really I think in both of our backgrounds, I was drawn to Alicia, both because she was amazing and beautiful, uh, but also because of her family. Uh, loved mm-hmm. love seeing the the fruit of that not perfect. Neither of our families are perfect. Right. Um, and um, but but knowing that what good can come from maybe some of the junk of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we, uh, we, as, as, um, as Catholics, as Christians, we sometimes gloss over stuff. Yes. And, uh, you know, we want to, one of the reasons we call ourselves the messy family project is we want to just be honest and real and authentic. And, you know, life isn't always the, the walk through the roses. Sometimes there's some, some suffering and some sacrifice and some uh, hardship and, 
Um, trouble uh, that we and go God through. God is always there through it, right? Yeah. Like that's what he promised. He promised he would never leave us, mm. you know, no matter what happens. And so anyway, so we want to, we want parents to know that. Yeah. We want them to know that and just to know, so, gosh, what parents are doing. I just want to say this one thing really quick. The one thing, if I would want anybody listening to this podcast to know who is just in the trenches with their children, what they are doing, yeah. what these moms and dads are doing is so important Mm. and it is so beautiful like when we travel around the country meeting like when we do our events and we meet all of these you know young couples we mean older couples and young couples but especially those young couples who are just in the thick of it ah i just i just love them so much and i i want them to know how much god the father sees them and just delights mm. in those moms who are scraping peanut butter off of the floor for the 30th time in the day. Like it's, <laughs> ah, he loves you so much. And just what you're doing is, is just absolutely so important. Ugh. Well, um, my listeners know how incredibly passionate I am about the vocation of motherhood um, specifically mm. because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more, Alicia. I feel like it's um, so heroic and, and beautiful. And we often just think of it as monotonous and mundane and, um, small, just because, like you said, mm-hmm. we're often mm-hmm. just doing what yeah. looks like very small things in small right. ways day after day. And I was just reading this beautiful book that was talking about how profound the monotony is when we surrender <laughs> and um, give it to God in that way. And that he is with us in all those moments. Every time you sweat, you scrape up that peanut butter that's on the floor again, like Jesus <laughs> is there with you. You're not alone, but it can feel so lonely. Um, yes. And so I just love what you guys are doing. I love the encouragement that you're providing for um, specifically even the young parents who just um, still need to be encouraged and mothered as they are learning to mother themselves. Um, mm. But uh, one of the reasons why I specifically wanted to chat with you guys was, okay, so I am now in the season of I have six kids my oldest just turned 13 and my youngest just turned one so I'm in a season where I am feeling the stretch of oh I have teenagers now like mm-hmm. uh, yes, oh but do. I still have the like <laughs> the, the falling on the ground toddler and the sleepless mm-hmm. baby and you're feeling the uh the the, the big kids want to be up till 10 30 while the littles are still waking up at 5 30 and and everything in between <laughs> right um and I um, have just know that I myself have just been really praying through and having moments where I can allow the enemy's voice to come in and say, you are not enough. Um, yep. And I think one of the gifts when I listened to that episode on just a kid in a big family was just the the profound way that I think um, our pursuant uh reach for loving our babies even when we're not going to be able to sit on the ground or sit on the couch or sit in the bed for hours on end um chatting and and connecting with each heart every day right and i think there's a struggle for a lot of us mamas that god has called us to um and dads that god has called us to an abundance of beauty in the way of number of children in our in our homes it's very tempting to to really say I can't do this. Like I'm not mm. going to be able to meet each and every one of their heart needs. And um 
this is why when I listen to this episode and you just talk such like beauty into the gift of siblings and how our perspective on what our kids are receiving is often very different than what they're actually receiving and what they remember. Yes. And, and yeah. that was yes. just profound for me um, personally. And so I just wanted to have you guys on to really speak some encouragement and life into the the mom, whether you have one or you have 10 children, sure, there's that, that ache anyways of, am I enough um, for this baby? But I think specifically for the big family, and when you feel God calling you to continue to be open to life and um, be a vessel of his love, it can be really daunting when you don't feel you are capable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the, at the end of the day, I don't think any of us are capable. And so if you're feeling like you're not enough, you're probably not. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and 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 that's okay. Yeah. Because exactly. you're not meant to be enough. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that we somehow in our modern world or in our even in our Christian ideal of what we want for our parenting and for our our kids, we set these high ideals, and we we look at ourselves and say we don't measure up. We don't have everything our kids need. Mm. And I remember telling a dad who was just feeling overwhelmed. And I said, if you're at the point where you don't feel like you're, you're good enough or you're, you've got it all together, you're not strong enough for it. And I said, that's exactly where God wants you. Mm. And to, to recognize that you are not meant to be enough, that he is meant to be enough, that God is meant to be enough. And when we get to a place where we can be like that farmer praying for rain, where we can be stretched to uh, the end of ourselves. Uh, that's where God shows up in a powerful way. Because we often talk about how what our kids need, you know, it, it might be up here at level, you know, 12. And what we have to bring is here at level six or eight, you know, depending <laughs> on how awesome we are. And that gap in between is God's grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, God has given us kids to in one way to, to, to advance his kingdom, to advance the, the beautiful nature of the human race and, and his kingdom. Um, but it's also to stretch us to rely on him. And I think the danger is like what you were just saying, Suzanne, is that if you get to that place of feeling not enough, and that leads to shame, yeah. that leads to despair, that, not good. that leads to um, in an introversion of looking at your own, mm-hmm. um, you know, weaknesses. defects and weaknesses. Right. Um, but instead what, when we get to that place, what we need to do is we need to look to Jesus mm-hmm. and we need to say, we need to stretch out our arms, just like our little babies toddle over to us. Right. And just stretch out their arms and say, pick me up. You know, that's what we need to do. And this is the blessing of being a mother is because we can see our children doing that. And every time you see your child, making a mistake, falling down, reaching out to you for help, coming to you. Our hearts need to say, Lord, make me like this child. Make me like this child. It's like a walking meditation for us as parents. Yes, yes, because that's where God wants us to be. Honestly, in spiritual direction right now, that is what I am continually going back to is the image of myself as a toddler on the lap of the father. Mm. That's where I need to be. I don't need to be the mom who has it all together, who, you know, can handle every situation, who's always in control of her emotions mm. and her words, you know, like <laughs> where I need to be. I need to be a toddler on the lap of the father and so grateful to him mm. for the grace that he gives me to speak with kindness to my children, mm. to to love them, the grace to kind of keep going, you know, amidst, 
the sleepless nights and the eye rolls and, you know, everything that you get on either end of the spectrum of our children. Totally, totally, totally. But just really like making sure that we are always looking to our father, looking to our heavenly father for that grace and not beating up ourselves or getting down. Because that is, like you said, that is where the evil one wants to come in mm-hmm. and lie to us yeah. and have us believe those lies. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and that's, yeah, we don't want to do that. For sure. And I think um, that's actually one of the things I've recognized recently with regards to the size of my family. I think um, knowing and God just knows us so well, right? Like mm-hmm. he individually, uniquely um, created us, knows us, loves us, sees us. And um, I recently had was going for a walk with the baby and a neighbor who we live in a pretty rural back back roads in Connecticut and a neighbor that has lived down the street for eight years I just met this day and we're just (laughs) cross we're just you know shooting the breeze and she's like are you the one with those I have a really long driveway and she's like are you the one with those those kids that are always kind of running around uh near the road barefoot and dirty and (laughs) I was like yup that's me (laughs) and she was so sweet she's like oh gosh I just love how free and wild that just like let your kids explore and learn and adventure and I was like yeah I was totally intentionally Mm. (laughs) and there was just a beauty in me like after I really prayed through that and reflected on that with God where um I come from a lot of things that um, could lead to um, wayward ways of feeling like I need to be in control because my life was so out of control in my, in my growing up in my childhood Mm -hmm. and through just the pure nature of having six little people that I'm tending to, um, 24 seven, because I homeschool all of them too at this point, um, is I've had to just rip off the layers of control. I couldn't even try to control if I wanted. Mm. If I had one baby, I know myself, they'd be dressed to the T all the time, right? But I'm like, nope, they're half naked. They might have shoes on. We're lucky if I go out the door and there's, they all have shoes. Like that's a big win, right? And I'm like, that's purely by the, the surrender of me saying yes to God and this openness to life and having these babies and delighting in that and having to let go of the things that I might have put a lot of control and pressure. I'm not saying everybody should right. not have shoes on their children. I'm just saying there's a beauty that God um, delights in bringing about in our lives when we kind of let go and allow him to take the lead in this way that we might not even intentionally um, pursue that that angle of beauty ourselves. Do you know? Yeah. You know what? I, I always say, like you said, God knows us so well. He knew he needed to give me 10 children to get rid of my control oh, for me to, to be like, that's right. okay, I give up. I can't do this yes. you know? because I, I am also, um, you know, like I, 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 it's maybe a common, um, temptation for people, but I mean, I'm a very capable person. I have a lot of energy, mm, you know, same, I, do, I do a lot. And, and I think that if I, had had two kids, you know, I would have been much more likely to never ask them to do a chore, to never ask them for help, to control every aspect of their lives, mm-hmm. to smother them, mm-hmm. to be quite frank. But God knew what I needed. Right. God knew what I needed to be a good mom. And that was, I needed these 10 children to teach me <laughs> that I wasn't in control. That, that's actually one of our maxims is that it, it's not your job necessarily to make your kids into saints. Mm. It's your kid's job to make you into a saint. Oh, Meaning so true. God per- perfectly designed this kid, the, the family life, 
for us so that we would be you know stripped down of our control our desire for perfection our all these different things mm. because you know god knows us better than we know ourselves yeah. and it's good and and there really is a heroism for moms particularly who like you are are watching their kids whether it be through homeschooling or every mom's a full-time mom right Amen. and and it's just Amen. like they're all in and and those little unseen hidden things that's yeah. probably the closest thing on earth we have to reflecting God. You know, there's yeah. so many ways that that moms particularly, just by their very nature, are oriented towards that kind of sacrifice, that gift of self, as well as just folding all of these ordinary things that, that really have an extraordinary, powerful impact in a reality that we don't always see. Mm, I love that. And it's, it's interesting because... Um, my husband comes from a much more um, – so how you, Mike, described Alicia and her family is my husband, Paul. Like, yeah. I, we yeah. started dating when I was we were teenagers, and I was just drawn – again, not perfect, but I was just drawn into the beauty that yeah. his family was. And I've talked about this before on here, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard the analogy yourselves, but I always, I always refer to Paul's family as the real dollar bill, that idea that – <laughs> um, right. You only recognize the counterfeit by having studied the real thing over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again and taste it, smell it, feel it. And that's from a young age, became, Paul's family became the real dollar bill for me, that that's mm. that's the real um, the real deal. And anything else is is alarming. And I think there's a beauty in how he was raised and he comes into marriage and fatherhood much more free if you will um mm. than i come into motherhood and marriage um and i and i think god is again god just ordains things so beautifully because mm. um he he goes about with so much more of an ease and a freedom but yet at the same time i come in much more intentional um mm-hmm. that's because, right. exactly yeah and i'm not saying that's always how it works if you come from more cookie cutter versus broken but that's just the story of paul and i and there's a real dynamic there that's that's beautiful. But at the same time, as much as I feel so blessed that God has opened my eyes in really profound uh, ways through the wounds I've experienced, it's made me just so intentional and desire so uh, – I'm like I'm not floating as a mom, if you will. And I don't mm. – not that I'm saying any mom is, but I – from really early on, I just had this real desire for them to really be seen and known and loved so personally and so intimately, albeit really imperfectly, <laughs> but that right. it would lead mm-hmm. them to the only thing worthy of perfection, <clears throat> which is God himself, right? But yeah. um, part of what I sometimes struggle with, and I, Mike, I just would love your own your own thoughts here because I know our backgrounds are a little bit more similar, Um where how do you think like the wounds from your from our from the past can blur our vision to living our out our vocation as as father or mother or wife or husband yeah. um, out of freedom rather than fear because I can get into yeah. the trap as a mom and I think this is why your your episode you guys did on just a kid in a big family was so profound for me because I have I think this this little part inside me at all times that the enemy has really um, spoken powerfully into of like, you're going to mess it up too, you know? Mm. And, 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 and really like, I mean, my story can be pretty big from suicide of sibling to just a lot of brokenness from what was a big family life. I was one of six. Um, I'm -hmm. one of seven. My my mom got remarried, but, um, and has, has created such vision and beauty 
but has also had this little sneaky fear that comes around the corner at all times. Um, and so I just really wanted your own your own heart and, and perspective on um, how we live out our vocations out of love and, and not the fear. Yeah, because that, that, that you, you've hit it right on the head. You know, first is there is a level, at least that I've experienced, um, that there is um, a kind of a superpower uh, with our woundedness, right? Mm. The first thing is that there is an intentionality that I didn't come into this marriage having a frame of reference. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lived example. And Same. on the positive side, that means um, I needed to ask. And that drove me to ask other, for other mentors, for other men, for other marriages. To, like what didn't that take like. anything for granted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, anything for granted. And, and that is, that's important <laughs> to recognize that I think that's part of our gift, uh, not taking anything for granted. But also recognizing that uh, we need to know our junk. We need to know mm-hmm. the stuff in our life. Um, and that's both in counseling and spiritual direction and just good, honest you know, self-reflection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm still working on stuff. And, and just knowing that we are wounded, that we, you know, for, for me, you know, coming from a, um, uh, you know, both an alcoholic uh, you know, family background um, and the tension that was created in that home, right? And growing up, mm-hmm. I have learned certain behaviors, learned how things are, uh, what I thought was normal isn't always normal, right? <laughs> and, right. Right. And, well, that's where you a, see Alicia's real dollar bill, right? Yeah, and then you're yeah. like, whoa, this isn't normal. This is, right, this is right. the counterfeit stuff. Sorry, go ahead. And, no, no, but that's right on the money because there's a part where I'm pre-sharing that that marriage is a healing sacrament. That doesn't mean that you're you're going to be leeching off of your wife or your um, your in-laws in some ways, but you, you do get a new perspective. That doesn't mean they're perfect and right and that fits for you, but it does give another reference point so that I can say, oh, wait a second. Okay, when I fly off the handle, for me, I had a lot of anger issues that I still had to work through. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think I found that even with those who haven't come from broken backgrounds, we, the people still have anger <laughs> right. issues, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but I have looked at it and found, okay, you know what? There are some learned behaviors in my background that I needed to be aware of. And there are certain topics, like when I have disrespect from a teenager, it it, it, it sent me from zero to 60 in like, you know, in nothing, you know, in one second. And I had to recognize, Ooh, wait, that's me. That's my wound. Mm. That's me speaking out of wound. And, um, you know, as you said, you know, in addition to wounds, we have fears, right? And so I, as much as I wanted a marriage and wanted a good marriage, there were so many doubts or or questions of like, can I do this? Uh, Mm. Do I have what it takes? And, and that's a real honest, probing question and getting to the place of saying, I'm not sure. Mm. And, um, and you know, but there for the grace of God, it's like, but grace builds on nature. And mm. for me, it was getting to a place where I could begin to identify the, both the wounds and the fears, bringing it out to my wife. Um, and for some of those, bringing it out in a counseling session, which was so helpful for me. Same. Um, you know, and it, it, but it brought it bring new life. That does, it, but it gave me tools to be able to identify things. And I think that's what I'd say for anybody coming from a, um, a broken home uh, is to be real curious with things that come up. Like if you have a reaction to your spouse or to your kids, that that's maybe diagnosing that there's something else going on behind the scenes. Right. When you have a quick 
flash of anger, a quick rea- emotional reaction, or, um, you know, again, we make interpretations of things and we see things that may not be true, right? Meaning I may interpret someone's actions in an unhealthy light because that's what I had experienced growing up. And, um, and I've got to become very sensitive and aware of those so that I don't act out of wounds and I don't act out of fear, but act out of my true identity, which you can't be, um, you know, we always talk about the order of identity, meaning before you were a parent, before you were mom and dad, you were husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And before you were husband and wife, you were son and daughter. Mm-hmm. And if, if we, I can't be a good father unless I'm a real beloved son. And getting to a place where I could say, I am a beloved son was a hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. Getting to that place of knowing and being known and being delighted in mm-hmm. by God the Father. Yes. Uh, for me, it, it was a, a years <laughs> of, of, of a journey, right? But then the healing bomb, the life-giving, um, um, you know, love from my wife. Uh, began to me to see and have more solid place that I could step into being a better father uh, mm-hmm. in this situation. Anyway, I, I, I could go on for, for a long time here. <laughs> no, I, I love it. That, <laughs> but there's a lot there, right? There's you know, so and I think it, it's more about us recognizing it so that we can bring it into the light of day. We're not mm-hmm. going to be able to conquer it, and we're not meant to conquer it on our own. But when it's lurking in the darkness is when it has power over us. Mm-hmm. And by bringing it out both to our spouse and maybe to a counselor or a spiritual director or just a good friend, mm-hmm. um, we can begin to sift through what are the lies, what are those fears, what are those wounds that I might be operating out of, and then get rid of them and, and slowly unpack them to say, okay, I can rewire my brain to think this way. I can retrain my heart to act and operate like a beloved son or daughter of right. God. And then I can begin out of those identities versus, you know, son or daughter out of uh, husband or wife, then to mom and dad. That's how this works. That's how God's pattern is of healing us. And mm-hmm. out of that, we can be great moms and dads. Uh, I love that. And I love um, how you were speaking to just the simplicity of having that holy curiosity when, yes. I mean, we feel it, right? Like, friends, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I when we're out of order or something kind of just, you can feel the red flag go off in you, that this mm-hmm. is way more bubbled up than the current situation in front of me really warrants. And that's when we can, like, um, take that time, maybe not right in that moment, we may not have the opportunity, but have that holy curiosity to, to lean in yeah. with Jesus and to let him yes. speak truth into what what we're experiencing, like you said, and then dive deeper with a, a therapist or with yeah. our spouse, um, et cetera. But kind of going down that that road a little bit, and we already kind of touched on this a little bit, but with regards to um, big families, many children, the fears and all that, what we, um, I think one of the things is that when we fall trap, and then you think that it's just, it often is a lie from the enemy of who wants to take away. He fully, one of the things I think he, totally loves to do is to take away our trust in God. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. you guys already kind of spoke to this when you're like, okay, well then we get really self-focused and we stop looking up and we start looking mm-hmm. only in. Right. And one of the things I always like to remind myself um, when I get in, when I start to really struggle is to kind of like declare truths um, with mm. our Lord over myself. And one of the things I'm always praying through is like, okay, Lord, if you asked me and my husband, if you asked us to care for and love this this baby, these many babies, 
then I must trust that you will step in and fill all the gaps that I'm incapable of closing myself. That fear of like, okay, like right now, homeschooling, right? These bigger kids, that toddler (laughs) is being missed. I am like just not giving her the same attention I want to give her or the the late night um, teen that wants to talk, but I got the sick little baby and and all these times when I feel this ache in my heart of like, I don't want to ever miss any of them or any of the needs that our kids have. I think often when I fall in that trap of despair, like you guys first referenced when we first started talking about, that's, that yeah. is just kind of almost in a little alert to myself of my lack of, um, and not in a shameful sense, but just an awareness of my lack in trust in, in what God is doing all in all these places. And there's this quote as I was like praying through this, um, and just honestly, I was praying about this, you guys, before we got on the call. And I was just so overwhelmed and tearful because it's just something really, um, really big on my own heart in this season of my motherhood. And there's this quote by St. Angela Marici. I'm going to pronounce that wrong. Um, mm-hmm. That I just absolutely loved. And I don't know if you've, you guys I probably already know this one. But it says, do not lose heart, even if you should discover that you lack qualities necessary for the work to which you are called. He who called you will not desert you, but the moment you are in need, he will stretch out his saving hand. And um, that was just so powerful for my own heart for when I feel like the enemy is just zeroing in on and I'm going inward and feeling incapable and I don't have the qualities. <laughs> like I, I'm i not as uh, – have the energy that so-and-so has and we can just fall so victim to our own um, – our own like inward perspective and comparing ourselves to other people. But um, I just, as we wrap up this episode, you guys have done it. <laughs> like you, and I know, like you said, we are always learning more. Like I feel like yes. the conversion never ends, right? We will be converting mm-hmm. to the day we meet Jesus. <laughs> oh yes. I am, and, and I actually delight in that. I'm always, I don't know about you guys, but I love when he reveals more to me that I was like, whoa, I was totally missing the boat on that one just because I feel such hope come alive in me that I can continue to um, lean more into who he has called me to be. But I would just love your thoughts specifically on the big family life um, of how your youngest now is 10, of how we can, um, from like a simple practical sense, but also in the spiritual sense of just leaning into um, knowing that it is God himself who has called us. And so right. in that case, we must trust with a, um, mm-hmm. a surrendered heart that he will, he will show up in the places that we feel incapable of showing up ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and just as you were saying about like missing the things and and all of that, and I'm sure that I, I know actually that I have missed things in the lives of my children and, and I think that what is important is that that repair mm. of relationship, that repair is key. And so when you see things and you're like, oh, I, this child was struggling and I didn't realize it. Or you have a child who is an adult who comes back to you and says, you know what? I was really wounded in this situation, in this situation. Mm. You know, what is important in those times is that you have the humility mm. to ask for forgiveness and say, you know what? You're right. I, I wasn't there when you needed me. And I, I did miss that. And I did react in the wrong way or whatever, even if it's not your fault, even if it's just that child's perception of the situation to have the humility to say, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me as a parent, you know, to say that to your child? 
And that repair can actually make that relationship stronger than ever, really. And so always being ready to ask for forgiveness and to believe in that, the power of that forgiveness, but then on a a more practical level of, okay, so how do you, you know, of course, because you want to prevent missing anything as much as possible, of course. And that is, this is the secret weapon. Okay. Of the Catholic family. I'm going to tell you right now. Ready? Secret weapon. (laughs) Got my notes out. Get get your pencil out. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Secret weapon is your family culture. The culture that you cultivate within your home is a power that will communicate to your children more powerfully than any written word, than any one relationship in the home, than any one even event that happens. So your family culture is this unwritten set of expectations, beliefs, and values that are present in your home all the time. Kind of the habits of the home, the traditions, the life. Right. It's like the operating system. If you think about a computer, you know, has an operating system. It's the operating system of your home because that family culture imparts identity, belonging, and mission upon the members. And so when I think about like myself growing up in my home, my, the focus of my life was not my mom. It really wasn't. Mm. And it, it wasn't my dad either. It was my family. It was the whole system. It was the whole system of relationships. Yes, with my parents, right? with my mom and my dad, but it was also my relationships with my siblings. It was watching my parents' relationship with each other. It was watching my parents' relationship with my brothers and sisters. It's this whole big web that was speaking to me and that was teaching me. And I think a lot of times, moms especially, we think it all depends on us. That is a lie. It does not all depend on you. Your child does not need you alone. They really don't. All the time. Right. You are important, right? And you, but the object of motherhood and fatherhood is to launch our children to independence. Mm. That's what we want to do. We want to move them on that. And so how do we do that in a way that respects their freedom and in a way that's appropriate without throwing them in the deep end, if you will, Mm. but like little by little help them to become independent because you as a mom, you don't want to be everything to your 13-year-old. Right. You don't. Right. You want them to be standing on their own. But again, that's a whole process that happens little by little. But the family culture really will help to kind of fill in those gaps of, you know, what your... Our inconsistencies or our uh, exactly or our the incons- seasons of life that we go through. Mm. Right? And we have a lot on our website about family culture. And there's several podcasts. You can just go on the website and just search family culture. We even have like downloads and things like that to help parents look at what is our family culture? How can we be more intentional about that? Mm. And what are we communicating through our family culture? if I can throw this in just as we're, we're wrapping up here um, is the beauty of the family culture is it creates a sense of order in your household. It puts yes. first things first, mm. you know, and it puts your spiritual life, puts the marriage, puts those relationships, the formation in your kids. And, and it, it, it puts those first things first and, and allows you to say, okay, you know what, instead of uh, worrying about all the shuttling that's going on, I'm going to put first things first and create routines and habits and traditions right. around the things that matter most. So that I, I can't do everything, but what I can control is the, how I spend my time and do I create a system and a habit of our home mm-hmm. that puts God first, that puts our marriage first, that puts the relationship in the home mm-hmm. and the formation of my kids first. And if I create those habits and slowly build out, 
that's when we get real power. That's when it, it creates this really this, this peer pressure within the mm-hmm. home. And that's when you go back to just tie it all the way back to the very beginning when you talked about the dollar bill. That's when we give our kids the experience of things that are true, good, and beautiful. And they can see what is what is real and authentic. So they go into the you know, the secular culture, they see what's counterfeit and they know it's off. And that's that's really what you do is you're building this extra power that's bigger than just you in your family culture because it creates this kind of routine, this operating system. Mm. That op- and just to clarify something Mike said, it's really like the spiritual life of the home is first and then marriage is second after that. And then the children are next. Yes. And so we have to keep that order. Because right. you said first, first, first. But you did say oh, them in order. first things first, right? <laughs> first, Those yeah, yeah. first three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you put your children over your spiritual life or your children over your marriage, no. you know what I mean? Yeah. That things get mixed up. And so it's very important that we have an order in our family culture. Because, because you can't do everything. Because you can't do everything. Correct. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Um, I had to have like turn my mic down because I got a little teary-eyed when you were talking about family culture because that was part of what God had really um, put on my heart when he called. And I know this is not for everybody, but when he called me to homeschool four or five years ago yeah, um, was because I was rat racing around and I was just right. shuffling my kids around as something to get, th- like, to just get through to bedtime. And I was yes. pregnant with my fifth and I'm like, what am I doing? Yes. Like, oh, yes. Not- the, You've had God those is, moments too. Yeah, yeah. God is not blessing me with all these babies for me to just <laughs> hustle them. I mean, granted, there is some hustling that always has to happen in the family life, but he just really showed me the wayward movements of my own heart um, and my yeah. own frailties and my own weakness. And there was this, this growing desire for a change in our family culture and what I wanted to live differently and do differently. And that just set me on a new trajectory over the last five years. It's just been so I've been so blessed awesome. with, and the and the family That's culture awesome. is just a big component of that. So as you spoke to that, I just got weepy because I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> yes, all right, it's worth God. it. It's worth it. It's worth That's it. Right. It's so true. Um, you guys are such a delight. This I know we got to wrap it up. I'm I'm just so blessed to have had you guys on. I know my listeners will be. This will just be a treasured conversation, and I'll put all of your your things in the show notes. Um. If there's anything else they should know about, please let us know here. And then um, I was wondering, Alicia, would you mind maybe closing us up in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for all of the moms who are listening. We ask that you bless them and just confirm in them their identity as a beloved daughter and as a spouse and as a mother. Lord, just help them to know how much you delight in them as our Heavenly Father. We thank you for um, this ministry of Suzanne's. We thank you for for this podcast, and we ask you to continue to bless it and and help it to grow, Lord, as we all seek to serve you in unity with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, you guys. Um, Is there anything that my listeners should know besides what I'm going to put in the show notes for them before we... Hang up with you guys. Yeah, you can find our podcast anywhere, um, you know, but our, our messyfamilyproject.org has a ton of free resources, whether it, it be on family culture uh, or discipline or technology. Um, mm-hmm. And we're also in the midst of a play and pray challenge for the month of June right. uh, and to be done throughout all of the summer. Because uh, yeah, if you so want to play with and... your kids, you need to play with them. First. I love that. <laughs> I actually just heard you guys say that on the podcast. Um the other day and I was like that is brilliant <laughs> and I have that's definitely something the Lord is moving to my own heart learning how to play more 
than just that's right so i love it i love it i love it thank you guys so much and um my friends my listeners here please check out all things messy family or messy yeah messy family project i almost said messy parenting again um (laughs) messy family project it will bless your heart um they're just your your big brother and sister in christ who want to continue to encourage um moms and dads and families so that we can all we can all get to the end goal of growing, growing closer to our Lord so we can send, spend eternity with him in heaven. So thanks, Alicia. Thanks, Mike. Such a blessing. And um, friends, I will catch up with all of you guys next week. God bless. Bye.